0: Welcome to the Entrepreneur Academy with your hosts, Nick Dutton of Engage Finance and James Cross from Crossover Property on this episode of the Entrepreneur Academy.
1: You can't have a good, strong business relationship with people without a personal element. Mm. Otherwise, it's like you're you're trying to do business with a robot. But now,
0: here are your hosts, Nick and James. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneur Academy with both myself and and James Cross.
2: Hello, everyone.
0: We're doing another live one on Zoom, which we'd just like to get up to date with the kids and do technology. And me and Jim are running with it and see how it goes. So, but today we're joined with uh, a young entrepreneur that I met a couple of years ago when I first started out in my business as well. Uh, and it's been good to see her business grow and following her on LinkedIn. And uh, that's Emily Hudson. So, thank you for joining us. Hello. For those that don't know you or don't follow you on LinkedIn, just give us a bit of a background about you, what you do, and then we'll go into detail about those sort of things.
1: Um, So I run our own professional introducer network, PIN for short. I started that about three years ago now, next month. Um, And it's just a networking business where we have an online platform. Our members all have their own directory listing. Um, and then we also meet face-to-face. But the whole idea behind PIN is that you can refer for an incentive or refer for almost a commission for any business that you introduce and transact. Um, so, yeah, it's just an opportunity, I guess, for people to make networking pay them. Um, it generally encourages a bit more um, people or more better quality, I think is the best way to call it. Um, yeah. So better quality leads be from from individuals. And also sort of bridge between businesses and, and build better relationships. Um, so where you'd find partnerships in businesses that you wouldn't typically think of. Uh, for example, a roofing company with a cleaning company. Mm-hmm. Um, they tend to work quite well, which you wouldn't typically find um, or think to look for. Um, so yeah, this is, I guess, a nice opportunity for businesses to um to connect.
0: I, th- I think it's a bit more personal than the likes of like LinkedIn and stuff like that, isn't it? Sort yeah,
1: of- yeah. And we, well, we started the, I started the events in October 2018, um, and that that was really an element that I was missing for for the networking. So I, I originally, I planned to just have it all online, no yeah. restrictions, talk to who you want, when you want. Yeah. Um, but actually, there was a massive element missing where people needed face-to-face contact.
3: Mm-hmm. And it
1: took, it took me a couple of months. I built up about 30 members. Um, and that was in yeah, it took me to the end of October and I realised I was like, Why why isn't anyone like doing anything? Why is it nothing happening? Yeah. And it was it was because they missed the face to face element. You can't build a no like and trust relationship mm. without having that face to face contact. It just doesn't exist. So um yeah, it took it took a while to realise but we got there in the end. Um, but yeah, so now, so now events vary from I mean, it depends on what time of year it is, because obviously there is like a season for networking, which is not the summer. Um, so in the winter we tend to do them every month, every month, and then sort of as we creep close to the summer, it's every other, um, just because I find people tend to go away. Oh
3: really? Okay. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. Okay. But um, in general, we have about twenty as a minimum um, networkers to the event, and that's a mixture of members and non-members because I think it gives everyone a nice opportunity to get to know what the network's about how mm-hmm. we operate um and the events are usually quite uh informal and fun <laughs> yeah. Say. Yeah. Um, so I try and make it as interesting as possible and we'll, we'll do activities um I know in like Halloween we'll do an apple bobbing activity and um, oh. you don't actually get your head dunked in water unfortunately oh. um, but you, the idea is you pick out an apple and it has a question and you have to answer that question. And it just, it sort of reveals something a bit deeper about that business owner, something you wouldn't normally find at a networking event.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that's how you sort of build those relationships where you can, you can trust that individual or even just like them enough to sort of try and yeah, build that relationship. It. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's something I didn't realize for a little while, but uh, once you do know, um, it, it becomes really important.
0: Was that where you first started your career, or?
1: So I started pin when I was eighteen. Um, so that was in May two thousand and seven. No, yeah, May two thousand and seventeen. Yeah. Um, was when it, so I started. I moved to Mallorca and I worked in a bar there for that summer.
3: Right.
1: And um, it was a really good summer. Um, I was going to go to university to do a Spanish degree, um, but decided against that because. I already knew I could speak the language mm-hmm. I'm a bit rusty now um, but I already knew I had the language cause we've had property there for 15 plus years now so I go every year and
3: mm-hmm. um,
1: I speak to the locals and I was quite comfortable with that but I just couldn't think of a degree that I'd enjoy doing other than speaking Spanish which is something I really enjoy so I went to work on a bar there and whilst I was there I realized like why am I going to go and do a degree in something I can already do and I don't Really want to become a teacher in it later on, which, or a translator, which are the obvious options with a Spanish degree. Uh, so I instead came home from working on the bar um, and started working with my dad, who is a financial advisor. Um, so he um, is part of SJP. Uh, mm-hmm. um, don't know if you're familiar with them, yeah. um, but they ha- they have a big program for bringing in new advisors. They they understand that it is generally quite an older sort of Person that would work in financial services. I think the average age is 55 years old. So, so they were really keen on investing in, um, in new and young advisors to join their uh, network. So I went and I started training for that. Um, passed my R01 exam. You have to do R01 to R06, I believe. Um, so I passed R01 in the March 2018. Yeah, 2018. Uh-huh. And then, um, it the following month, April, I um, we left BNI, which was our original networking group, just for various reasons. Like it wasn't necessarily bringing back a return for us, um, and that was partly our fault because we didn't put as much effort in as we as we should have. Um, but also, just generally in the group, we, we felt that we had sort of come to an end with that group of people, and it just couldn't continue. Which happens. Yeah. Um. So, um. Yeah. We left in the April. Then in the May, um. Just before I I turned nineteen, I started thinking of what I could do for Pin. Um. So, my dad came to me saying, Emily, like, we've lost our like leads that we would have been getting from BNI. How are we going to bring them back? Um. And networking was something that I enjoyed doing.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. And that I felt I was strong at so I could happily walk into a room and talk to people and um, I could quite comfortably ask questions that probably people would be a bit too shy to come forth with
3: mm-hmm. um,
1: so I thought I know I can start my own networking group um, so I attended a few others locally uh, like Corby Business Network and mm-hmm. um, a few of the chamber ones just to sort of get a feel for it more than anything because like you can go to one event but it's not the same as another so y- like there's just loads of different ways to do it, isn't there? Yeah. So I went to I went to a few events, got a feel for it. And then um, being a like young individual, so I'll put it all online. Everyone can go anywhere, they'll do what they want. Um, and initially people loved it and they thought it was a great idea. And I, I met Nick at, um, where was it? Peterborough Greyhound Stadium
3: mm-hmm.
1: at one of the uh, networking events. Yeah. I had a lot of interest at that event. And people loved the idea of it. But I think there's always that skeptical sort of thought in the back of the mind, like it's not a tangible physical event. It's not something that you can see or feel. So there's always that sort of drawback from people where they weren't quite keen on it. Um, So as I said, it took me a few months to sort of realize that. Um, Fast forward to October to the networking events that we started and then fast forward to May the following year. With the business being one year old we had 124 members wow. and that that was built purely through networking face to face i mean i'd have about 12 non-members attend our events and out of them about four would usually join um and then obviously my linkedin presence was quite strong at the time
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, so i'd have four leads a week come in from just people saying oh i've seen your stuff on linkedin i feel like i know you
3: mm-hmm.
1: um and then yeah the conversation would lead into why don't you just join?" And um, so, it, yeah, it's been a rocky journey, but <laughs> we got there in the end. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And then in the June, yeah, June last year, I was uh, a finalist in the Next Generation Awards for a hospitality star of the year. Brilliant. Um, and that, that was for purely the networking events because they, they're quite popular locally. And uh-huh. um, so, yeah, I was a finalist there. And at that event, I sat next to Michael Harley, uh, the sales director for ACS. Um, don't know if you're familiar with them, they're Office Solutions Providers. Nice. Um, so, yeah, I sat next to him and we just got talking, really got on. Um, and then the next day I had a message from him on LinkedIn asking if I was looking for a job. Um, so, it was, yeah, it's sort of all, I don't know, it's sort of full circle, I guess, where um, I have the best of both worlds now. So I, I took the job job um, and I'm a consultant for the commercial interiors team. Okay. Um, and I know I do work there full time but ACS are really um, good and understanding I guess and, and they're encouraging as well so I have time during the day if, if there is a fire that needs putting out in pin and yeah, yeah. um, they're quite happy for me to jump off and sort out whatever I need to so it really is best for both worlds I think yeah. I
0: a lot of young entrepreneurs that are out there that we try trying to um that's our audience that we're trying to target to try to help um mm-hmm entrepreneurs to let them know that it is possible because i think what a lot of people are sort of finding hard is balancing that business but also thinking right i need to have a job i need to um make my parents proud you know that all that sort of thing is going to be in there so going back to when you started pin Mm -hmm. that how, how did you build up that your personal brand, how did you build that confidence? was that something that was already there? you know taking that step to actually yeah. do that is quite a big thing for someone at the age of eighteen what what yeah. would you what would you say about that
1: if anybody in my networking circle now had met me at school they mm. wouldn't like they wouldn't see the same person um I was I was the shyest girl in the class I couldn't stand in front of the class to do a presentation um so yeah i I wasn't sort of born with confidence um but just my, to be honest, it was my dad who pushed me into the networking scene.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, he was too busy to attend our BNI group. Um, so he, he ended up saying, right, Emily, that's your job, off you go. Um, and I didn't have a lot of forewarning on what it actually was, because at 18, you it's not a common thing to be spoke about at school. Like, no. I wasn't prepared for it at all. Um, so yeah, so I was sort of thrown into the deep end there. But um, it's... Some, if you if you do it then you're going to get better at it. So every week I had to go to that group um, early morning, had my fry up, um, prepared my speech and I stood up and pitched to the room every week and it became easier. Um, and also just in general um, as time went on I had more and more opportunities to, to speak in front of people which massively grew my confidence. Um, and then from a sort of personal brand perspective when it came to building pin Um, LinkedIn was my savior Um, I think it's really underrated and probably now more than ever it's getting the most use because of the current situation Um, but it's just such a good way to reach a lot of people Um, so I originally started with just um, typing out my message and sending out using like maybe one hashtag Mm -hmm. Um, but then I, I was at an event I think it was a chamber event And they had a speaker there who was like social media savvy. Um, And I spoke to her at the end and she she gave me loads of tips and advice. And um, it's very similar to Facebook or any other platform where if you do your videos, if you have an image, it's a very visual thing. And it's becoming, I don't want to say it's becoming Facebook because that would be an awful thing. Mm. Um, But it, it is moving very much towards having much more personal touch than just the professional platform that it's known as now. Yeah. Um, and more and more people are wanting to see videos with subtitles so they don't have to click sound on and stuff like that, that you wouldn't naturally think to do. Yeah. Um, but it is definitely moving in that direction. And it helped me loads to build my reputation. It got to the point where I could walk into an event and people would know who I was and yeah. I wouldn't have a clue who they were. They were just like, oh, I've seen you on LinkedIn. I feel like yeah. I know you. And i I don't know you though. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I suppose that, that brings um,
0: confidence. Just doing that.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's, it's a nice feeling as well because you know it's working as well, and it you you need that sort of confidence in what you're doing is being effective, because it's all very well like it's like a long slog, isn't it? If you if you're constantly working at something and nothing budges, yeah. Sometimes you're like, why am I why am I working so hard? But yeah, it was that. It was very nice to to walk into events and be known and it makes my job a lot easier as well because I don't have to explain who I am or what I'm doing there so yeah yeah, it it really helped me sort of grow as a person and understand a lot about business industry and community as well Mm -hmm. Um, especially I'm based in Northamptonshire so there's a really strong community here with the chamber um, and like links to Milton Keynes and stuff like that so there's a lot of networking events and a lot of businesses and business people Mm -hmm. um, and it's just Yeah, it's a good community to be part of, really is.
0: So building that brand on LinkedIn, because I'm, I'm rubbish on LinkedIn, I never use it. Um, I don't know, Jim's probably the same. Uh, yeah, I, 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 used to, use, <laughs> no, I
4: used to use it a lot, years ago, for my, when I was actually in a job, and um, yeah, since I've become an entrepreneur, I've just stopped using it. Um, apart from Facebook and Instagram, yeah, but it's something I wanted, I have want, I mean, me to get on for, onto a lot mm. more recently, just not actually taking the plunge to get on it. Uh, really push forward but like you say from the sounds of it it's really worth
1: actually utilising it. You're creating good quality content like you said on Instagram and Facebook there's nothing to say you can't just put that over onto LinkedIn Mm. maybe change a few hashtags.
0: Before if I put something on Facebook I'd never think to put it on LinkedIn because I just thought it was a completely different platform. I guess it was a confidence thing that I didn't want to put it on. LinkedIn seemed to be that different step up.
1: It is still a professional platform but personally you can't have a good strong business relationship with people without a personal element mm. because otherwise it's like you're you're trying to do business with a robot Absolutely. and that's not the case so mm. putting in it's a, so do the like businessy posts do you, like, so the way i do it is i have a business page for pin and then i have obviously my personal linkedin
3: mm-hmm. that
1: personal linkedin gets battered with just random things and at the minute there's chains going around on linkedin where um, there was a fill for what's in your fridge um, hashtag, oh, okay. so so you have to do a video of you open your fridge and you pull out a random item, um, and just stuff like that. It's just fun and personal, and it gets people to know who you are as a person, as an individual. Yeah. And then the business page is for all my business stuff, so my events, uh, new members joining, that sort of stuff.
3: Mm-hmm. And then
1: I can just share that onto my personal page whenever it, it's current. Mm -hmm. And it it keeps the two divided as well. I like to think that people can see me as an approachable person and that I'm happy to just reach out and help them if need be. Um, So, yeah, I definitely would encourage using LinkedIn to your advantage. Um, Using videos, photos, they tend to go better than just your text posts. Mm -hmm. Um, But mixing it up. And um, at first I posted once a day. um, And that sort of helped me build my connections and build, build the audience, I guess.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, but now I have been slacking quite a lot, (laughs)
2: um,
1: especially I still like, so over December, I was just flat out really busy with work. So I I completely let it slip. And now I think LinkedIn almost punishes you if you, if you're not um, consistent with your posts. So I'm still now just building that back up. Um, and yeah, so I try and do, I'm trying to do a video every week. Um, but yeah, it should get easier now, hopefully, because <laughs> I'm at home. So, <laughs> but we'll see how it goes. Yeah.
0: So, what about your age? Is that made things difficult? Is that what mm. I think about people that I, I talk to a lot of young entrepreneurs, and they're like, "Oh, I can't do that because I'm only 19." And you're like, "Well, yeah, you can."
1: For me, it hasn't limited my opportunity or made things harder. If anything, it's it sort of helped I think people have been more open to having a discussion with me and mm-hmm. a lot of the times I've approached probably people that, um, in the networking circles that would, you'd think be untouchable or unapproachable mm-hmm. but I have just approached them and said look I'm young I'm learning I just want to grab a coffee and um, have mm-hmm. a catch-up I'd love to hear like your journey how you've got to where you are and actually I, I've learned so much personally just from reaching out to people and saying that and then as it happened, a few of them have ended up sponsoring the business or becoming men. member. Like it, you just don't know where, where your opportunity lies until 100%. you ask.
3: Yeah.
1: 100%. Um, so yeah, it's not, it's not limited me. Um, if anything, I think it's helped me where people have been more understanding and <laughs> a bit more open to, to a discussion with me. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I mean, I obviously I had massive knowledge gaps, um, for running a business and my dad helped me quite a lot there. Um, but even just speaking to business owners, um, being part of that community as well, it, it massively impacts you as a business owner and makes you think, like, how can I help others in the same way? Mm-hmm. Um, which is which is why, like, the referral side of things, I must make, I don't know, three or four referrals a week to other people just from reaching out, getting to know them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as soon as opportunity arises, you can just send something over. And it it does help to... I don't know. I don't know if it helps to be younger, or it's just one of those labels, isn't it?
0: It's a mindset barrier more than anything.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I read a lot of like personal development books and stuff like that, and it nothing to me stands out as anything I can't do. And so as long as you're, I don't know, prepared to take the plunge, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's it shouldn't be it shouldn't be a variable that limits what you're able to achieve. No.
0: Um, that's
1: good. If, Did you think if anything like that when could, you were eighteen? I think honestly the the summer I had abroad working in Mallorca sh- shaped me a lot because mm-hmm. um, I was like living in a foreign country, had a new language, um, had to make sure I got to work every day, yes. feed myself that sort of thing. I ended up being vegetarian for a couple of months because I always forgot to get the meat out of the freezer that sort of thing. <laughs> um, so it, it, I think at first no, I was very shy, very um, scared I guess almost mm-hmm. um, But yeah, if you just push yourself into situations, you're only going to grow from them, I think. nothing's going to damage you so bad. Like, what have you got to lose from going to speak to that person over there? Not a lot.
4: I agree. I think that's, you know, a lot of young people is, I mean, I know from a young age, I started working at 16. So I kind of pushed myself out of that barrier and started like speaking with other people and getting involved with work and, you know, you soon grow up and get more confidence as you go along. And I think for a lot of young people, it's really put yourself out there as much as possible and don't feel like you're ever going to make yourself feel stupid or silly talking or get things wrong because it's all a learning curve and everyone's been in that position. Uh, okay. you know, being shy or being quiet is not, not, not who you are. It's just because you haven't been doing that other stuff as well.
1: Yeah, like if I, if I look at myself compared to my friends, I'm always the one on the phone ordering the takeaway, or I'm yeah. the one like I, I have to go up and get the drinks. And yeah. it's not necessarily that they're shy individuals; it's just they don't have that experience, maybe, or that confidence mm. to go and get stuff done. They've all gone to uni. I was the only one that didn't. Do,
4: do you have any regrets for not going to university? Do you think you made the right right decision?
1: Um, I I didn't go on the basis that I can always go later.
4: Yeah. Um,
1: I definitely like I'm a big advocate of education. Um, definitely would want to get a degree um, because I do feel like maybe in a few years time I would be at a disadvantage to to people my age
3: Mm. um,
1: because by then they'd have the experience and a degree but at the time I just thought this is going to be money that I'm going to waste it's not something for me right now Um, especially because I I was going to go to do a Spanish degree yes okay I could have used that in a number of opportunities but whether or not it's going to be the most useful thing for me in the future, I don't know. And I couldn't make that decision until I just went out and saw what there was in the world.
0: So you know, on that the Spanish degree, do you think you were leaning that way because it was probably the easiest option?
1: Yeah, I think so. I, hadn't, I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do, who I wanted to be, where I wanted to go. I just sort of followed the trend. My um, The school I went to, A-levels for, was very much... Um, you have to go to university, you yeah. have to go. And I, I did apply and I got into all of my options, but I just didn't feel like it was, like, it's weird, I had a gut feeling like it just wasn't yeah. right. Yeah, um, And I went to, I was gonna, I think I decided upon Aston University in Birmingham um, just because their language department was insane. It was really, really good. Um, and I got on with the teacher and everything. Um, but yeah, I just had one of those weird feelings so I deferred for a year um, and then I I ended up cancelling it because I started PIN and I was like no I'm happy doing this and I can see myself doing this for a bit longer so
3: Mm.
1: um, yeah it just made sense to me at the time. A lot of my friends ended up at uni because they thought they have to go to uni Um, so so now there's a lot of people getting degrees in things that they don't need a degree in or in something that they're never going to use which is such a shame and such a massive waste of money and time yeah. Um. So, yeah. A lot. I bet a lot of my friends actually come to me saying, like, do you know of any like apprenticeships or internships and stuff like that? Work. They've They've spent three years of their life doing a degree for something that's not going to relate to anything they do in the future. Um. So yeah, I think it's really important to understand like. Just to have your own head, I think, and just follow follow your head, not other people.
4: I'm a, I'm a massive advocate of that because I, I think far too many people, especially when you're kind of younger and you, you, you come out of school and you go through that kind of set motion that you go and do what you feel you should do or you should be doing because uh, everyone else is doing it or that's what everyone tells you to be doing but not what you want to do. And I think there's a lot to be said for people actually following like you said, follow the heart, actually, you know, do stuff they enjoy and they've got more passion about. Um, you know, you might make more money going to university, being a doctor, than you might have in your own little sideline business, but your happiness really, in my eyes, is kind of key to what you want to do in life. I think the best time to do it is while you're young, because you've got no real ties or commitments and if it all goes completely and utterly wrong, um, then you know you can always start again. You've got the rest of your yeah. life still left for you. Yeah. Uh, and like you say, if you want to go back and go to the university, still do something else. You've got plenty of time to do so. The Entrepreneur Academy, quick fire questions.
0: We tend to do a, a quick fire questions um, with all our guests that we bring on. A lot of them will put you on the spot. So just sort of go right. with it and see what happens. Um, so first question, what's something people seem to misunderstand about you?
1: In a meeting, I could be sat there with the most stony face going, yeah. um, but actually, I'm quite bubbly and quite happy to to people, yeah, maybe that.
4: Second question for you is What's the key thing that makes you an entrepreneur?
1: My drive, quite committed. Once I have something in my head, I won't stop until until I achieve that or get to that.
0: Looking back at your 18 year old self, what one bit of advice would you, would you give her?
1: Oh, I don't know. So don't to, forget to just be young. Um, I, I think I spent a lot of my 18 year old time not in a club, but like not with my friends, just Sort of head down doing stuff that could have waited until the next week and not enjoy my weekends as much.
4: If you were to give three top tips to younger entrepreneurs and other people, what, what would you kind of recommend?
1: First tip is don't be afraid to ask. Um I think that's a common thing that a lot of people don't do is just ask the question. Um and that's I think that's how I got so far as to where I am now is I just Constantly asking questions about how things work or asking favors of people. Um, so yeah, definitely don't be afraid to ask. Um, consistent. So I consistently post on LinkedIn, consistently made appearances at events, um, sent emails out, did calls, all of that. So yeah, be consistent in what you're doing and do something you love. Um, don't, don't get into business and in something you're not going to enjoy five, ten years later because it's going to be a waste of time.
0: If given the opportunity to start again,
1: would you? Yes. I would, I would do something differently to how I have done them. So, my, for example, my website was extremely rushed. So I think I'd, we pulled it all together in two weeks. Um, I, I thought very stupidly that I could build a website with absolutely no tech knowledge whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't even like, turn on my laptop some days. Um, so yeah, I, t- I tried building it myself. Um, I got as far as writing all the content out, um, but yeah, I didn't know how to actually get it up onto the internet. And um, so yeah, I had about two weeks t- turnaround time to get that like, sorted in time for the launch. Um, so yeah, I just definitely be more prepared and yeah, make a few changes here and there. And I just started the the face-to-face events earlier because they they massively like they gave my business such an elevation, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, into building a network and community.
0: Okay. I guess that goes back to your point about asking because uh, the website part, you could have asked someone you know, to help or yeah. do it. Or
1: Exactly, yeah. I was just being really stubborn, thinking I had the slightest idea, uh, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no. yeah, I think, yeah, you, you don't know until you, until you try and then when you try, you should not be afraid to ask. Um, if you, if it does go wrong, um, and I did learn that the hard way on a couple of occasions, but um, yeah, in general, I think yeah, it's good. It's good to try. Um, at least I learn and know now that I can't do it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. So sort of, it's again, it's something that me and Jim have do and and struggled with and talked about. Is it's leveraging out doing the bits you're good at, and then leveraging out the bits that you yeah. can't do. Uh, when you first start out in business, you think well, I've got to save all costs, I'm going to learn how to do that. And actually you think, well, the time it's going to take me to learn how to do it. If I work out what I think I should earn per hour and how many hours it's going to take to learn, it doesn't make it worthwhile doing yeah. it. I sort of get someone else to do it.
1: One thing I've learned recently is obviously with taking on the job full time. Um, it's just like my my balance between business, uh, work, and then also my family and mm-hmm. friends and stuff. So um, I've now sort of tried to streamline PIN um, I'm rebranding, sort of changing a few things just to automate the whole sign-up process. Okay. It's quite heavy on me at the minute, um, mm-hmm. and it's something I don't enjoy doing. I enjoy the events; I don't mind planning them. Quite happy to stand in front of the room and run the event, but just the admin behind the website doesn't interest me at all. No. Um, so it's just a complete waste of time. So yeah, so at the minute we're automating it quite a lot, where um, people will be able to sign up, uh, pay their subscription. And also create their listing just like a like sign up to Facebook or LinkedIn or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't need any input from me. So hopefully, in the next sort of few weeks, that'll be ready um, and we can launch that, which will be exciting and right. make my life a lot easier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think that's
0: the thing, isn't it? You have to tweak parts of your business to eventually make it a lot smoother, but that, that comes with time. A
1: yeah, time. yeah. Pin, when it first started, is nothing like Pin now. Um, And as well, at first I felt like a lot of pressure was on me for it to to make it work, which is true, Mm -hmm. but equally with the nature of the business being a networking business, it works as hard as the people networking within it, so if they're not making the connections themselves, there's only so many introductions I can make at events and online, they need to be able to reach out to people Mm -hmm. um, asking the question do you want to grab coffee? So, yeah, there was only so much I could do. And at first it really stressed me out, I think, when nothing was happening and people weren't talking. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I said, introducing that face-to-face element helped quite a lot with people's confidence almost, just to, to approach individuals. Mm-hmm. And then sort of the online um, messages and stuff like that happened afterwards.
0: Your plan A was the face-to-face element. And that's something that, you know, again, me and Jim, we go to a lot of property networking events. And, they're, um, you know, 99% of them are all face-to-face. But have you got a plan B with how you see that changing, obviously, now?
1: Yeah, I think um, there a lot of people's hands have been forced. Um, the industry was sort of moving towards a remote working environment anyway. Okay. Um, so um, let me just like, switch to so ACS. We did a, a YouGov report uh, last year. Um, and it's all about agile workplace, modern workplace that sort mm-hmm. of thing and um the results found that like eighty percent of um people or employees within a business had a working environment or a suitable environment at home to work from um so yeah so it it was always a possibility that we'd be working from home and being remote
3: mm-hmm.
1: um but yeah the, the current situation really forced the hand of a lot of business owners where they had to invest in the technology. Yeah. So without without having laptops, um, a VPN, that sort of thing. I don't. I won't get too techy because I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, but these are just like buzzwords that they've like sort of taught at me over the time that I've been yeah. there. Um, but yeah, so ACS we had um, ACS really busy. Um, it was like mid March, um, just selling laptops, selling setting up the VPN, mm-hmm. um, a lot of. Uh, cloud-based telephony so like uh online calls like similar to skype i guess yeah um so we were setting up a lot of that really busy um and now um i was on a women in office design sort of webinar last week um and they said that they they think that the industry is going to move towards more online networking more online space-based calls um, so you, this sort of thing, Zoom, Microsoft Teams, that sort of thing.
3: Yeah, um,
1: just because there's massive benefits that we, we haven't been appreciating before, so like reduced costs on travel, it's um, greener as well, better for the environment. Um, Officers won't need to have a, an overhead for massive office buildings. They, they can have a smaller building where people can just meet um, their clients. So yeah, I think with the current situation, it's sort of if you've got the tech in place which a lot of people have to get in place very quickly um moving forward networking won't be as similar and i think there's always going to be almost a like, people being skeptical of the face-to-face element again because mm-hmm. um, I, I know a lot of mental health will be impacted um with this lockdown um yeah. so i think moving forward people will just stick to this remote working environment, which isn't a negative. Um, I personally prefer face to face still in yeah. person. Yeah, um, yeah. I just think it. I mean, as I said before, we jumped onto this call. Like my Wi-Fi isn't amazing, mm-hmm. so every now and then it will it will just jump out, and like my face would be frozen in a horrible <laughs> frame. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you can't you can't always rely on tech, but it's definitely moving towards that remote working, um, encouraging people to to I don't know, make the most of their time because you don't have to commute from one cafe to another or from one meeting place to another. It's yeah. just all online. So you can jump on cool back to back.
4: The more, you know, over the past so five, 10 years, gone are the days where you've got everyone in office every day and it's people are starting to try remote work more and everyone's got a smartphone, everyone's got a laptop most of the time. Um, and like I say, with the current situation, everyone's been forced into that to get people working from home. I don't think there will be what was normal before. It will normally change. Do you think people will go full back into the way they were with offices or do you think that the office space environment and what's actually out there currently, there'll need to be more of these kind of hot desks and and virtual Mm. office spaces, that that there's actually a potential opportunity there for people to do those?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think um, one thing that a lot of business owners will take away is that a lot of their departments can work from home um, that they didn't realise could. So for example, our accounts team were the last to leave the office um, and that was purely from a security perspective where they were concerned if they worked from home that our account information wouldn't be secure. Um, obviously we, we put into place every measure we could but there's always that concern where you don't want to be breaching any regulations. Um, so yeah, they were the last to leave, um, just purely on that. But since they have left, it's worked really well. Um, you get hold of the people that you need to. They're, they tend to be available. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I, I'm working more because I don't have an hour commute to the office anymore. I I'm just I wake up, I get ready, and I sit at my desk until the work's finished for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas when I'm in the office, there's a lot of distraction. Um, so, in, so in general, I think I'm much more productive working from home. Um, so from a design or commercial interior perspective, I don't think necessarily businesses will be buying desks per user. They'll maybe be, as you said, hot desking a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, and just having a hub, spending money there rather than buying 70 desks, they'll just be spending more money on making it a good environment to bring clients in for meetings. Mm -hmm. um and also having somewhere to shout about um because a lot of people um or at least a lot of clients i've worked with they they don't want to bring their office their clients into the office immediately just because it doesn't reflect them as a business but if you're not spending as much money on desks, that that money can then be invested in corporate branding across the building
3: Mm -hmm.
1: um nicer meeting spaces a good reception that sort of thing that people would like it's on their like mood board of dreams, mm-hmm. um, but it's never practical or financially viable. And um, so, yeah, definitely moving towards hot desking, um, remote working, and just yeah, funkier workplaces. I think okay. hopefully be more fun for me. <laughs>
0: yeah, you see, I'd struggle to work that way because for someone, I've worked from home for in my business for the last two years and. I'm now. I've now got an office, um, and I find myself working m- um, more efficiently now. I've got an office. See, I, yeah. I look at it from a, another yeah. side. When I'm working from home, it's actually um, made my mental health worse because I don't switch off.
1: Yeah, yeah. When, it, I can when it's there that. in
0: another room, and your laptop's there, and you're, you're, you've got your whole office there, is if I wake up at seven, I'm straight in there. And if I'm still sat there at midnight and I've still got mm. stuff, I'll be sat there till two, three in the morning. And I, and yeah. I think Jim gym, is the same. Whereas now we've both got offices. It allows us to have our work time and then have our home time. I don't know if you feel the same yeah. way, Jim.
4: I, I do, yeah. It's, it, it works that way. It, it, I, to be honest, it very much depends on my mood. Because sometimes I get in the mood of like, right, I'm working. I just, I just I'm on it. And then sometimes mm. it's the opposite way where I, I, I kind of feel a little bit, almost lazy and like, oh, I worked a really long day yesterday like I need to work and then you think oh, I'll just go and watch TV for half an hour or something and that half yeah. hour an hour turns yeah. into an hour because it's just literally next door uh, you know so I, I feel sometimes it works both ways whereas if you're in the office you're, you're in the office and you don't have any distractions yeah
1: um, Yeah. I'll usually so my normal so ACS usually works half eight till half five but yeah. I get into the office at uh, half seven, um, partly to avoid traffic, but also because that time from eight till nine when people are coming into the office is just a nightmare. Um, yeah. and everyone like says, Oh, I need to grab you later, or Oh, we need to talk about this later. Um, so yeah, I, I go in as early as I can, um, to, to just to get stuff done. Um, and I'll also usually stay a little bit later, um, mm-hmm. just again to finish things up, which, um, some people would feel the opposite too like some people need the noise in the background the, the like hubbub of the office mm. um to get stuff done so um i think overall people are like there's going to be a mixture of people who prefer office working and prefer home working yeah and business businesses will probably have to do a i don't know employee satisfaction survey that sort of thing just to see who wants to be at home who wants to be at work yeah um and then and then even just trialing different things um I, th- I think this whole situation has just opened a new doorway for business owners um a new way of working for employees just mm-hmm. so many opportunities where they wouldn't originally have thought to work in that way yeah um, so yeah i think it i think the next sort of few months um following the recovery of coronavirus i think will be really interesting in this industry just to see where businesses decide to take their business yeah. um it would just be interesting to see I think
0: I do personally think it will go back to the way it was because I th- I think business owners most of them are control freaks and yeah. you will probably feel the same way like we just have to we have if, if you've got an office where you can see your team and you can see what's going on it just makes you feel more at ease whereas I think now it's like I can imagine there's a lot of you know I haven't got stuff yet but we were on an edge of, of getting them and I, I feel like I just wouldn't know what they were doing if they were at home.
1: Currently at five o'clock every day, we'll have a catch up call. Um, and it's not necessarily so that they can delve into every detail of our day to make sure we're working. Mm. So There does have to be an element of trust with remote working. Yeah, Otherwise, Absolutely. like what, what is the point? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so every day at five, we, we talk about like, our wins for the day, um, any issues we're having, that sort of thing. And then currently, I think it's every other week that we have like a company wide meeting and mm-hmm. um, so that that's more of like a morale morale booster yeah, um, yeah. so we did like a pub quiz on friday um which was awful i had no idea <laughs> what's going on
2: um
1: <laughs> uh, but yeah they, they did like they switch up trying to make it as interesting and engaging as possible because it is like people do get lonely some some people yeah, yeah. my colleagues live alone and um, so they haven't seen anyone for what week are we on for mm. this um so yeah it's, it's really tough for some people and I I think I'm a bit of a mixture where I'll happily work from home but sometimes I do need to go somewhere to work yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I do I'll even be in the office and I'll just say to um, to Michael like oh I, I need to go home like I can't concentrate here mm. and that they happily let us go so it's about having that flexibility and adaptability as the workplace because
2: yeah.
1: every employee is going to be different yeah. Um, and to be honest, a lot of people probably wouldn't have experienced working from home before until now. Um, mm-hmm. So they might find a whole new sort of world for themselves where they're really busy and productive working from home or yeah. they're really struggling. So I think it comes back to you don't know until you try. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we'll we'll see what the future holds, I think.
0: How are you finding it with your team, Jim?
4: Exactly what like you're saying. There's a, bit, there's a bit of a control for I think.
0: Yeah.
4: <laughs> what the Mogai is actually doing. Like I know one of them is working well and I know the other one I haven't, I haven't heard from him officially since Thursday so we te- have a few texts but he just goes he's not a very assertive and talkative guy anyway but um, yeah you, d- you do wonder like what's he actually doing and you know because you, you can't physically see them there and have a chat with them just as you would in, in an office environment mm. uh, and it puts it puts the onus more on kind of myself I guess to actually make more of an effort to schedule talking to them and, and keep that interaction because um, I'm terrible for it, I just get on with my stuff during the day and I don't think necessarily about other people as much as I should. Um, I think that's potentially what I mean. It's probably worse if people have got bigger teams as well. Um, trying to have that interaction with them all every day or, or every week at least. Just add
0: him on Xbox and then if it pops up, he's online, then you know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, that's the way you do it. mean, do you think there's a, there's a business opportunity now for like. Uh, open shared office space, or even a virtual office type facility.
1: Yeah, potentially. I mean, um, one of my contacts, he um, runs a co work engine in Northampton. So, if you're familiar with it, it's just a funky office space.
3: Okay. Um,
1: loads of different business owners work there. Um, tend to be like you um, one man band Don't mm. usually have employees. Mm-hmm. but they the reason they would work there is just to have a bit of accountability
3: yeah.
1: um, somewhere to go that isn't your house um so what they've ended up doing because obviously they can't all work in the same office right now um is they have put that online so that so they'll work on zoom um maybe probably not all day but um a couple of hours a day they'll jump on um, just to sort of talk um get out any issues they're having because, mm-hmm. um, As I said earlier, like you, you don't know until you ask, so what's something you're struggling with, someone else might be able to help with. Um, so yeah, they're, they're sort of adapting their business however they can right now to sort of keep it going, um, ready for when things do hopefully go back to some type of normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'd say more than ever, people are opening up to different um, options in an office space. And um, so, so it's not necessarily just, okay, that's my office building, we need um, desks from first floor to the, to the third floor and stuff like that. It, it's much more, I mean, more and more, we ha- we're we having opportunities to design something a bit more interesting.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, one of our biggest clients in ACS is office space in town, um, who are managed office uh, providers, and their offices in London, all of them have something really fun, like a theme sort of running throughout So they've got like an Alice in Wonderland theme um, they've got like a high end uh, posh theme um, and I think there's like a nautical like underwater theme as well so, so they're trying to bring a bit more design a bit more um, fun into the environment and okay. it's a talking point as well when you bring clients in like come and look at this meeting room like it's all underwater
2: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and it just yeah. it makes you as a business have a bit more um, personality yeah. um so yeah i think there's opportunity in businesses wanting to have somewhere to sort of show off to clients um and whether or not they also within that have space for individuals to work at the same time
3: mm-hmm.
1: um i think that's something that they'd need to speak to employees about mm-hmm. um one thing that we've seen quite common at the minute is like a I call them phone booths. You know, like the red box phone booths. Yeah. Um, you can get them slightly bigger um, and they're acoustic, um, like acoustically lines, so there's no sound, completely soundproof. Um, and they call them quiet spaces. So you can have a row of like six, say, in an office. And individuals, when they have like a call to take or an exam or anything like that, they, they go and sit in there, take themselves away, and people know not to, to st- disturb them if they're working in there. Um, so that that's becoming more and more popular, um, and there's loads of different uh, design pieces like that, um, which people are sort of moving towards.
0: I think there's going to be lots of opportunities for new new business. One thing I've thought about doing is trying to make a like a lunchtime drop in, because yeah. like I say, a lot of people aren't used to working from home. They might be working from home on their own. Have a, a lunchtime drop in Zoom between twelve and two, where people can just drop in, chat about. You know, because everyone in no matter what industry you have, a lot of our bugbears and things that frustrate us are, are similar across across all you know industries. It's the same thing. There's going to be potential for doing stuff like that, definitely. Going back into you, obviously, you're balancing now an an employed role and also a you know a business owner. What what do you, where do you see yourself in sort of ten years? What are you going to be focusing on?
1: Um, 10 years' time, I'd imagine, uh, how old it? 31. Um Yeah, I do I won't be in an employed role anymore. Um, my, my goal all along, um, and ACS is well aware is just to learn as much as I can um, mm-hmm. from them, because they've been going 25 years, so um, they've got a lot of business knowledge.. Um, so yeah, so I'm learning as much as I can from there. Um, I don't believe PIN is going to take me to the riches that I imagine for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, It could, uh, but I quite enjoy the community I've built, and that is Northamptonshire, a little bit of Milton Keynes. Whether or not I franchise it, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, there's there's lots of opportunities. But long term, I imagine myself um, having many businesses, hopefully, Mm -hmm. or, um, yeah, just living my own life, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, traveling, having fun. Yeah, um, I, do, I, I just can't, I'm not one of those people that could be tied down for a job for 13 years, but Oops. I just couldn't imagine it for myself. No. Um, yeah, so I think see where I get, yeah, see what happens with ACS, um, learn as much as I can there. Um, and then probably in the next few years, maybe look for other opportunities somewhere else I can learn from into that like get that big business idea mm-hmm. um, that will um take me to, I don't know, millionaire, something yeah. like that. Billionaire.
0: <laughs> yeah. Another thing we've sort of spoke about on, on this podcast and, and the advice that we've given to, to entrepreneurs is sometimes, um, when you go into like an employed role, you sometimes, you went, you empty, you enter that safety zone and, and the longer you're in that safety zone, the harder it is to get out of it. um, and it was a case of, uh, of uh, sometimes you're pushed into entering that and uh, leaving that safe zone. And sometimes you decide to jump, um, which is, and again, different scenarios for me and Jim. But I think for a lot of people listening, it, sometimes, um, like you know, you've got, you need to set yourself almost like a timeline of how long you're going to be doing a yeah. certain thing before you make that jump. Um, yeah. So with your, with your goals, do you have like, talk about mood boards vision boards all that sort of stuff does that help you how how, how would you uh yeah. advise people on that
1: one thing um so uh, the owner of acf is called john harley um well he, he's retired now but he um used to co-share it with john thorpe um so john harley left um around the time i joined i think um but he still comes in every other week for a harley's club Okay. Um, so he has got years and years of business and sales knowledge. Um, so really like really really interesting guy to sit down with. And one of the first things he told me was to scrapbook. And in that scrapbook, I like cut out things from magazines, like print off pictures of stuff I want. Like no questions asked, I want that. Mm-hmm. And so like um, I put my Mercedes Benz on there. Mm-hmm. um i put house on there traveling all the places i want to go jewelry bags like other girls stuff, yeah. um, and so all of that sort of thing um and he says and then when you get it just cross it off and so I, i've crossed off my car now i finally got that Um, so you just it's good to have a goal a vision um of where you want to be who you want to be mm-hmm. um one of the in- most interesting things i think is you, you can have a goal on like somewhere to get to, but until you become the person that deserves that, you, you won't get there. Um, I think it's in oh, atomic habits good, maybe. Yeah. So like for example, smoking. Um, if I don't smoke, but if I did and I wanted to quit, I'd have to think, think of myself but as a non-smoker. So rather than if someone offered me a cigarette, I'd say, oh no, I don't smoke anymore. Yeah. yeah. Instead say, no, I'm not a smoker. And that helps you become that person that doesn't smoke. So it's just like interesting psychology tricks that really sort of push you towards your goals um, and get you to where you need to be. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: like, I can't remember the phrase, but it's like aim for the m- moon and you'll land among the stars or something. So like set like a really big goal and um, work towards it. And either way, you're going to be pretty well off or pretty in a good situation. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, that's sort of what I'm aiming to do with my multi-millionaire plan um yeah so we'll see where it takes me but hopefully i'll be in a really fortunate position so do you you
0: break the goals down in like because a lot of people they sort of amongst the circles we're in you know they have these big goals but for me personally i've broken it down onto exactly what i need to do month by month year by year in For me, numbers work. So I do it on Excel, which is really sad. And I don't have pictures. Mm. I just have numbers, which is tragic. But anyway, so <laughs> it, it depends on how it works. So have you broken that down for you as well? Yeah.
1: So, so for example, within ACS, I have a business plan. Um, so the amount of commission I want to earn for that year. Yeah. Um, and then to earn that amount of commission, I need to meet this many people. Mm-hmm. Um, because And then like 50% of those people will come from, x amount of calls and then that I need to do x amount of calls to do this and yeah so I've broken it down into individual activities from that sort of perspective but how I'm going to become a multimillionaire I haven't mapped out word for word because I haven't found my like forever job or task or like why I'm here on this earth I haven't found that yet but I know whatever it is it's going to make me very wealthy <laughs> and so I don't want to be t- tying myself down to one like, I don't want to be a furniture, commercial interior consultant forever. Um, but it's stepping it's stone, stepping stone yeah, yeah, into what what will lead me to my perfect dream, job, opportunity, business, whatever that happens to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't want to be tied down. But I do believe in setting yourself goals um, and then steps or objectives into achieving those goals. Um, so, yeah, I've done, I've done that with ACS, definitely.
0: I think that's a problem like a lot of young entrepreneurs that I talk to because they haven't found that forever um, job industry, whatever it is, it's, it's, they're not realizing that everything is a stepping stone. They think it's a barrier. And I think that it's almost mm-hmm. like they come to it and they go, okay, I don't know what I want to do. So I'm just going to take the easy route of going to go and do this for, for 13 years or whatever. Like you said, that, that job route becomes the easy route out. And I think what a lot of people need to realize and those that listen to this and from what you've just said is, Every, you need to look at life as, as a stepping stone and once the right thing comes along you'll know straight away
1: yeah definitely um like as i said i've followed my gut for a lot of things and some people would probably think that's crazy but you do just know what's right for yourself and okay maybe there would have been bigger and better opportunities for me if i'd have went to uni you never know i could have got scouted for a, a job that's i don't know 100k plus a year or whatever yeah, yeah. Uh, I made that decision at the time, which means it was the right decision. So you, you just have to take what you follow, your gut, you take what you've got, and you make the most of it with everything you do. So ACS, I work really hard. I work as much as I can to achieve the best possible result I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that will follow me throughout any job I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why PIN succeeded, and that's why I'm doing well with ACS right now. And it's why I'll do well in the future, because I know I'll, I'm driven. I'll, I'll do what I have to to get to where I need to be. Mm. Um, and I think people, all too often, will just follow the trend and and just sort of coast through life. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: but yeah. I, it,
1: think that, I mean, to... that,
0: that sentence you just said there is the definition of what an entrepreneur is. For someone, someone that you know, you just whatever you whatever you do, you do it to the best that you can do. And if that's you know that you know, I see. Um, sports players and sports stars I see them as entrepreneurs because you know they didn't set that goal wasn't a business but it was something else whatever you set yourself to do you do it the best way you can do it and I think that that's what makes one an entrepreneur
1: yeah definitely It's it's commitment and um just having something that you you know in your heart that's what you're here to do you you have that overall all-encompassing goal to just mm-hmm. achieve
0: well thank you very much for your time and uh wish you all the best with your business and mm-hmm. career but i'm
1: sure we'll be in touch thank okay. you thanks for having me this is the entrepreneur academy if you have a question use the hashtag the entrepreneur academy